Okay, let's get it out the way, but I'm super mad that I'm recording this for like the fourth time because I keep messing up my mic. <laughs> Welcome to CPA, Chanda Pays Attention, and Chanda Sometimes Makes Mistakes is an additional title I'm going to add to this, and I'm going to be super mad if I have to record this again, so please, 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 please listen in well, and please, please, please go. I'm going to tell you a story a story as old as time actually it's like a little bit younger than time because it's a grecian story but it's still pretty old the morals of it are pretty old and that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about old-timey stories and the lessons that we can learn from them because i like old stories you've heard me talk about cinderella i've talked about plato and the cave i think history has a lot to teach us and i think traditions should not be neglected ignored or put aside so our story starts kind of before our story starts, with a man named Diadelus. So he's this innovative man. He's an inventor. He's a creator. He's just on top of it. He is just the man of his age. He's an architect. He's a designer. He did a beautiful palace for King Minos and also designed the labyrinth. Excuse me. I just broke and I refused to cut that out of the recording. <laughs> I'm about to make several people very mad. Anyway, so back to closing our eyes. So he designs palaces, but he also designs the labyrinth, which is this elaborate maze that houses this monstrous beast known as the Minotaur, which is a half-man and half-bull creature. So this is all story of myth, so please don't get scared. So he does all this for the king, but he also lets Theseus like go into the labyrinth and like um like kill the minotaur like tells him like the route to go well basically like use this thread and it will like help you go through it whatever but king minus gets super mad because he's like no one's supposed to know how to get in and out of the labyrinth like that was the key thing like you're supposed to kind of die in there my guy and you know get fed to my monster and he's like oh my bad so the king throws him in there and which to me never made sense because i was kind of like wouldn't he know how to get out but anyway he goes one step further and throws his son in there as well and that's where our story begins so prison sucks any way you throw it, but it sucks worse when you're there with your family. And Adiadelus doesn't like being there, so he tries to think of a way to escape. He knows that the land isn't safe because there's guards everywhere now, and he knows that the sea isn't safe because there's ships there and he'll immediately get caught. So he decides, and he actually says, he, King Rhinos, may thwart our escape by land or sea, but the sky surely is open to us. We will go that way. Minus rules everything, but he does not rule the heavens. And that's key. Remember that. So, Daedalus does what he does knows best. His creative fever goes out of control. He gets his music jamming, you know. He drills down, and he studies the birds, and he rebuilds his device that mimics them. He lays down multiple feathers, short, tall, big, small, and ties them together using beeswax and thread. And laughing, he creates... The first pair of wings for man. He makes a pair for himself and a pair for his son, and he practices how to use them. He flies in front of his son. He's like, hey, this is how you're going to do it. And his son's like, all right, dad, I'm ready. Let's go. And he stops his son before they head out. And he says, let me warn you, Icarus. Take the middle way. In case the moisture weighs down your wings, if you fly too low, if you go too high and the sun scorches them, travel between the streams. 
I order you not to aim towards Boots, the herdsman, Hellas, the great bear, or towards the drawn sword of Orion. Take the course I show you. Daedalus' warnings seem a bit dramatic and a little over the top, and maybe that's why Icarus doesn't truly, truly, truly take these words to heart. With tears in his eyes, because he understands the gravitas of the situation and a little bit of emotion in his breath, him and his son head out. At first, it's going pretty well. Everyone's excited, you know, we're out in the sky, we're flying, but Icarus gets a little bit cocky. He does not recognize the dangers of flight at all, and Diadelus is flying ahead of him and doesn't fully understand what his son's doing, just thinks he's being a bit of a fool flying up and there. Icarus gets more and more excited, and from below, plowsmen and a, sh a, sh plowsmen, a shepherd and an angler are watching them. Anglers are fishermen. They're watching them, and they think they're gods flying overhead. Icarus gets cockier and cockier and flies directly towards the sun, because he's an arrogant little guy. He feels this, like, urge within him, and he must fly towards the sun. Ignoring his father's warnings, he flies higher and higher and higher, and the, max, the wax begins to melt at the high temperatures. And he begins to fall. Icarus tries to fly again, but the wings are gone, and it's just his hands flapping in the air, and he falls to the sea and dies. I forgot to say this was not a happy story, so please hide your kids. Anyway, the last thing he does is scream his father's name, so his father's able to turn back and notice his son isn't with him. And he tries yelling for his son, yelling for his son, looking, looking, doesn't find him, until he looks at the water, and there, surrounded by feathers, is his son's body floating. He stops flying and buries him on an island. So what's the purpose of this story? Usually we point out the first like obvious thing. Icarus, the name itself, is is like a play on the word, the Grecian word for hubris, which is overreaching. It's this idea that the son overreached himself. He went beyond his bounds. But I think there's so many elements to the story that seem to be ignored. First of all, the gift that his father Diadelus gives him. It's one of power. He doesn't gift him his intelligence, which might have actually been useful. He doesn't gift him with all the skills needed to, like, design the wings or anything, or fully understand what they're getting into. Nor does he tell them, like, the full dangers of the sun or anything. He just gifts him almost pure power, the ability for man to fly. It's unknown to everyone else, but he gives them very clear warnings. He does not say, do not fly towards the sun. He does not say, do not fly towards the sea. He says, do not fly too high nor too low, but stay within the bounds that I've given you. He, he, like, this is like a weird thing to say, because it's like he understands the power and the draw of power. He knows, like, his, you need to, like, reign in between it. And power is going to be, like, a key element in our little talky talk today, as well as, like, knowledge imparted and the value of community. You know, my usual spiels about loving each other and community. We're going to get into all that. I'm so cynical today. I'm so sorry. I, I truly do love you all. Um, anyway, so it's this idea that he just gives him almost like raw power. And this is like one of the, the things that I kind of describe as the Icarus phenomenon. We, in order to learn how to use power, not to be destructive unto oneself, you need to have the resources to channel and control the power. In the myth, Diadelus provided encouragement but limited his advice to cognitive information, kind of like a shallow level, just the ability to fly. He doesn't really give him um, a model to like practice 
and like a form of containment or like a nourishing way and you could blame like the lack of time like yo we need to leave this island but loki they had time to make these things they could have been a lot of more thought involved so power in itself is dangerous without the the values the context and the guidance and the limitations that are needed to protect oneself with power and i think that's very important when we talk about like this idea of um, and we're kind of ongoing about it like the whole red pill movement and black pill blue pill whatever and the power of being a feminist and like all these new powers that we seem to now hold without fully understanding them and even just like okay i'm thinking red pill and feminist in my head not thinking like relationships wise i'm drifting i'm drifting from my words i'm so sorry but i think like the power that you have within a relationship and how you like utilize that power is something worth considering it's a it's a thought worth putting into because there is power in that anyway i digress think of that what which you will but let's come back to the topic so with this power that's given unto him he um he begins to not realize any power greater than himself. This is probably the most power that he's ever had. This is an extreme form of like a boy becoming a man and also being like cut short into not developing into manhood. It's like, it's kind of, I think it kind of reminds me of like when um, like teenagers were drafted into war and you like you come back a man. There was no like maturing. There was no like sense of growing up you know like life teaches you a lot of actual lessons it was like they were forced straight into adulthood and come back and you know like raise a family like that's a lot to take in without you know baby steps there's a lot of power and there's there's a lot of flaws in doing that one of the main flaws is the sun the sun is like symbolic of things outside of our control that are usually significantly more powerful than us the laws of nature spiritual principles and just sometimes the ways of the world the way things are done like let's say you're the smartest most amazing genius that's ever lived like to some extent you could walk in and be like hey i'm the smartest person ever but you have to prove it it's just the way things are done there's accolades there's certain degrees there's certain positions that need to be respected in order for you to get any kind of respect. Why? Because that's just the way we do things. Isn't it stupid? Kind of. But, like, it's just the way things are done. So there's just ways of the world. Now, if a man flies in face of any of these things, he can expect to catch a lot of heat. Now, this is key because if you are to challenge any of the natural... God, there's another burp again. This is the last time I eat, like, burped onions. Anyway, so this when you fly directly to challenge anything like let's take traditional norms or like let's say the way things are done you have to be a hundred percent sure that you can defeat the obstacles that come ahead of it so for example um let's say the first woman to fly a plane or anything she was trained and she was able and capable to fly the plane and that's why it's such like a land-breaking like you know mind-bending i don't know what the word is it's, it's a big deal that she did those things because she said i am capable of doing these things and she caught a lot of flack for it and she was able to do it i should have probably looked up her name before giving this example but it was honestly on the fly also um other things like let's say you have a new music form the first people to do rock or grunge or what maybe even classical music back in the day you know just the first rebels arts wise you have to be sure that you're good at it and you have like a continuous knowledge of it all or else if you like go too far i feel like i could plug the example of kanye here like he was a musical genius like let's say some will agree some will disagree depends when you met kanye i feel like i met him in the early days so i think he's pretty brilliant but some people may disagree anyway 
he went into like fashion and you're like okay yeah maybe he's a fashion genius but then he went into politics and you started to realize like the flaws in it like did he in himself fly a little bit too close to the sun you know it's an argument that can be made either way like when a young man knows no power greater than himself he becomes grandiose or omnipotent he installs himself like a god unto himself and without limits you can't truly connect with yourself or others there seems to be like a disconnect when you keep let's say winning out of your sphere there comes a point where you may not actually be winning the way one should win or even at all but you've become so disconnected from what initially gave you power or installed the wisdom that it's like there's no saving you at some point you know what i mean and I, I really truly hope you're not still thinking about planning come back to yourself this is a really self-reflecting time <laughs> but i mean it's still a positive it's, it's still a logical way to think it's the same way that um it's it's kind of like when you have an unstoppable superhero or something like that you know like superman like if there was no kryptonite it'll be you end up with like a hero i think there's like a version of superman that's like unstoppable in one of the comics i can't remember but it's this idea that you start to search for your limits and there becomes like no way to stop you like or let's think of the boys what's his name uh what's his name the main guy oh he has he lives here oh no what's his name anyway the main oh dear i'm gonna have to look that up i'm going to i'm going to look that up Homelander! Oh my gosh, I'm also gonna give you first woman to fly around here. First woman to fly a plane was Blanche Betty Stewart Scott. She was the first American woman to fly a plane. Um, I just wanted that said. Anyway, <laughs> just for out of respect, because I went to look up Homelander. Psh, I didn't look up her, you know how embarrassing that is. Anyway. So we have Homelander, who's a superhero in the series called The Boys, and he's pretty much, like, to some extent, unstoppable. They think, like, nuclear weapons can stop him. They realize they can't. So they're trying to, like, find a way to de defeat him. And it's, like, at first, when there are limits to his power, he thinks, like, his pop like his popularity is a limit. And I think this is a really good description. He thinks, like, his um the power is, like, a corporation because it's, like, a company-run superhero. It's a crazy show. You don't have to watch it. It's not really for kids. Anyway. Um, when he finds out that that doesn't really control him, he, like, takes over the organization. And then they think, like, nuclear weapons can stop him. So they try and blow him up. That doesn't stop him. So now it's, like, he, once he realizes he's more and more powerful, he thinks he's controlled by how much people like him. Then he realizes the more of a butt he is, the more people like him. And, like, it's this crazy pushing for limits. And the more he strives to, like, find his limits, the less connected with, like, humanity seems to be. And then, like, to the point of reality without giving if men are not given limits when learning about their power they internalize like shame often as putting a cap on their own thoughts and omnipotent power but homeland is an interesting like discussion honestly of how like when shame starts being chipped away this almost diabolical creation is formed and i know diabolical is the spin-off and maybe someone had these thoughts way before i did that is not um not as not unexpected people do be having thoughts anyway so we have the son in the story another key element is the father often we're not able to give our children everything we wish we could have given them to survive we sometimes don't have all the time in the world our time is limited tomorrow is not promised you can only give what you can what happens when your children don't make it you know there's like a 
is a real reality that even if you do your best as a parent, like your kids may not turn out to be all they're capable to be. And I think the amazing thing about Diadelus in the story is that he keeps going. Like he buries his son and he's very sad about it, but like he like his dreams aren't finished. And that could be a message within itself that I don't fully want to get into because I've never had kids and you know I I don't really want to tackle grief like that. But I think I'll take it more from the point of what if something you poured yourself into or you had hopes for doesn't continue or doesn't make it? You know what I mean? Do you strive onto your goals that you were purposed to do? Because Diadelus was still a phenomenal man. He was still like a capable, able-bodied and still able to escape. Or does he also choose to like die with his dreams? I think it's the idea that life could continue past past your initial thought of a future because our children are our legacy and in essence our future i think that's a powerful message as well i also want to consider the shepherd and the like fishermen and everyone who was watching them they looked to the sky and saw gods and they saw one of them die because they didn't know what was going on they've never seen like man with wings i think it's important to know that in your life even though you seem to achieve these goals and you seem to um to like have these aspirations sometimes we have them for other people we think oh my gosh this so-and-so is watching or so-and-so is doing it i have to succeed i have to do well i have to live i have to make it like you know for other people but i think it's important to notice that these people carried on like they fell to the sea like you know didn't all their little things in the sky they had a whole drama of themselves but these guys carried on working it's not like they stopped working changed their religion and followed their way you know what i mean life goes on with or without your contribution that's important because it takes the pressure off you if you are doing things for the love or appeasement of other people you need to fully understand the fickleness of man you can make a difference and that is so true your life could fully like left turn the world however they like the world will continue in like with or without your contribution so take some of the pressure off yourself you know what i mean don't be like an extra person feel the need to show off in the sky or like do the most continue on to your goals and do what you love that you're passionate about but un- and understand that sometimes people watching are just that people watching with their own lives their own thing going on they're just people watching i'm hoping maybe like this little part will save like a little celebrity or something on twitter i don't know who knows I think, um, oh, like another thing that I want to note is the fact that they're escaping from prison. And I think that should, like, remind us that we, like, have the power to escape. Like, sometimes we need that inspiration. I think the father is such an important figure. Like, that idea of being inspired and everything by the father. Sometimes you just need that inspiration to escape i know that in my life so that's another key element i don't want to like truly dive dive into but i think it's important to find inspiration because i'm quite sure that the boy just probably felt trapped this was no situation of his own this wasn't anything that he did he was kind of born into the situation however he did get the tools to leave and like that in itself is very powerful like you may not have asked for any of your hand cards belts whatever anything that you were dealt with in this life but Sometimes it takes the right tools and a little bit of inspiration and you can get out. And some maybe this is it for you, you know. Like you you hundred percent have that ability. Sometimes you just need a little help and that's true. We do need to help each other as a community. And this is another thing. When Icarus lost himself, 
he was detached from his community. And this is a key motive in most Greek myths that we tend to ignore. The aspect of like being disconnected is when people fail. Um, there, lots of Greek like theologies end up becoming like um, psychology things. <laughs> I think there's like the Icarus complex or something where you're like obsessed with fire and heights and everything. And it like disconnects from the actual story. One, another one of them, which always like irritates me is the, um, like the narcissist thing. It comes from the story of this guy named Narcissus, and everyone always hyper-focuses on the fact that they're obsessed with themselves. Hence, we get the term. And the Icarus complex, the fact that it was way off the ground, you get, like, this obsession with extremities, you know what I mean? But we miss the first part of the Narcissus story, is that he disconnected himself from his community and his people, and then starts obsessing with himself, and then drowns in his own image. That disconnect, it's this idea, and I think that the the Greek theologians and the, the thinkers of their days and the people, the storytellers, they knew that there's an aspect of being disconnected from your community or detaching yourself or going on one's own that's not healthy for you. I'm not saying that some people can't survive on their own, I, but I'm just saying that they are very few people. A lot of people were built, are designed to live and benefit from community. The minute Icarus stops focusing on his dad and the way out and the mission and the goal, he starts focusing on himself. He's kind of a narcissist in his own right. And he flies too close to the sun. This obsession with um, power goes too far and he's destroyed. It's almost a self-destruction. We need to, a lot of the dilemmas that people tend to face is from like a disconnection with their community. And that's why we should rarely have a first solution is to disconnect one from community or society. It's It never ends well for either side. You know what I mean? Outcasting people or outcasting oneself. Greek myths are meant to teach us lessons. All of them do, in one way or another. And I, I really think it would be fun for me to dive into these concepts because I really enjoy talking about them. But that would be like a Herculean task in itself. You're just I'm kidding. A lot of things can be learned in this story, and like some people just think that the main lesson is the limitations of wax is an adhesive. It could be that shallow, it could be as deep as the limitations of humans with one's power. I take it any way that you will, but all I'm saying is listen, Icarus, wherever you are, take your inspiration and the tools that you have, because sometimes the tools that you have are just the tools that you have to get you to the next step. His wings were not meant to take him to the sun or stars or take him into the ocean. They were meant to set him free. And that's often what the tools we're given are meant to do for us. I'm, as much as like our parents will give you wisdom and they want you to be millionaires and whatever in life, that will sometimes hold you into a point of depth, like depression, rather than raising you up because you think you're supposed to achieve all these things. And it was just meant to set you free. Knowledge, education itself was meant to just open your mind. It wasn't supposed to turn you into like an ass. It was supposed to set you free. So be free, but follow the direction meant for you and your tools. If you have a gifts of singing or anything, like channel your gifts in that sense. Don't force yourself to become like an actor or an accountant or something crazy or out of the box. The gifts that you were given were meant to take you to your freedom, your island, your... I don't know what island they were heading towards. I forget. Anyway, take the gifts as you will. And please walk in love and guidance and grace. I love you all so much. And I'm sorry if I sounded so terrible in this episode. Um, consider these thoughts. I love you so much. You are seen and you are heard and you are free. Bye.